Hello everyone, my name is Kendall and welcome to Unofficial Book Club, where life and stories meet. And just like any book club, we'll only be spending half the time actually talking about books. In these episodes of this podcast, I will be sitting down with various guests to connect over who they are, their happiness, and lessons they've learned. I believe life is like a book. Each chapter is a piece of our development and growth with the good, the bad, and everything in between that ultimately makes up our story. Now, before we get started, I want to remind you that my guests and I will be sharing our own personal experiences and opinions throughout this episode and all future episodes. Let's get started. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the season four premiere episode and the anniversary episode of one year of Unofficial Book Club. I'm so excited to be here, and I'm even more excited because the two guests that I have today are two people that I had on my list from the beginning of this that I just thought one day I'll ask them one day and today is that day. So they have over 39,000 followers on TikTok with over 589,000 likes and a very popular fable book club called The Sisterhood. Please welcome Kristen and Maddie. Kristen and Maddie, thank you for being here. Oh, <laughs> Messy, that's so sweet. <laughs> We're so excited. Thank you for asking us. Uh, I mean, I told you both before we started filming this, that you're one of the first, and I think probably the first book talk account that I watch religiously every single one of your videos. And you got me into reading something outside of thrillers, which is what I feel like I basically talk about on this podcast the most other than YA books. And you're the reason I read Red Rising. You're the reason I read Fourth Wing. You're the reason I read Legendborn. Those are heavy hitters. Yeah, they are. You're the reason I bought, and I haven't read yet. Um, Maddie LaRue. I'm currently, actually, you're the reason I'm reading that. I'm currently listening to that on audiobook. But um, uh, I fed me to the beast. I feed me to the beast and the feed beast me to the beast. Me. Yes. Jameson yeah. Shea. She is a new author to us this mm-hmm. year. And we both ate that book up. What a happy surprise that was. Yep. So I'm really, and it's a scary book too. So I'm. It, yeah. So- It's like right in your wheelhouse. It really is. I'm really excited about it, actually. I figured this is a nice, and I don't know anything about ballet. So like I have yet to, I'm very curious about it. It's very like um, Black Swan Mm -hmm. vibes to me, but yeah. But thank you both for being here. I'm very excited to sit and chat with you and we'll have a book club episode, obviously. But for this episode, we're going to get to know both of you a little bit more and a little bit about your book talk account. So first and foremost, how did you start posting on social media? How did you become book talk sensations? And did you always know your content was going to be book related? We did know that it was going to be book related because Maddie was already on the book talk as a consumer, not a creator. creator. Um, And she followed somebody named Bronte. And she basically came over to my house for a reading day. So we used to do that. We just get together and read our books together. And she was just like, hey, check this out. These two people read together and then they talk about it. And we could totally do that. Couldn't it be fun? And I was like, I mean, we literally already do that. And she was like, yeah, but we'll like record it. I was like, okay. Um, And our first unedited video that we made went viral it went viral and I said what yeah 
So that was confirmation that we should probably just stick with it. Hmm. That's a good confirmation. And yeah. we should also tell the listeners, for those who don't know, your sisters. Yes. Confirm. And confirm. so how is it working alongside a family member? And I say working, but like making content. And I I can only imagine the actual time and effort that it takes to put this out constantly. So what is that like? We would not do it without the other person, I don't think. Mm-hmm. No, I think that originally when we were making our first videos and yes, we knew it was always going to be book related. Kristen was the one who said, you realize that it's us. It's us that people watch, not our book recs. And I don't know where that insight came from, but I think it's been so true because we'll take you for example, like you don't read a lot of fantasy, which is the bulk of what we read, but you tend to watch our videos and there's, there's a lot of comments we've received like that from people who aren't even huge readers or they they are readers, but they don't necessarily like to read what we like to read. But I think that they enjoy um, our joy of reading and our enthusiasm and our love for each other and the way that we give each other permission to have different tastes or to rate the same. We read the same book and we rate it differently or one of us flies through it and it takes another the other person a couple more weeks to get through it and we rate things differently on our TBR, you know, like I'll put something way at the top of my TBR and Kristen will be like, oh, I'll get to that after like 10 more other books I want to read. And I think it just gives people permission to be different. Yeah, I love that. And I I agree. It's why I kind of watch every single video and have. I think there are people that I have seen on Book Talk and especially with book the Book Talk community having so many books that are all popular at the same time. And like everybody's talking about, I think that almost helps me filter out the accounts that I like based on the personality of the person, whether I feel like what they're promoting is genuine and whether or not they talk about other books. Like, I think that was one of the things I really liked about your account is that it wasn't just the most popular books being talked about. It was ones that I hadn't heard about. Or for example, we talked about Red Rising before we started filming this. And I had a friend in high school who read it and I, it didn't even occur to me that it was that book until I saw the cover. And I was like, Oh, she really liked this back in the day. Like, I'm sure I would like this now. And then, you know, it's those kind of things too, that I think help. We are both playing catch up speaking (laughs) of because our dad is a huge reader. That's why we're readers. Our dad and our brothers are readers and they've kind of never stopped whereas both of us got interrupted by life and probably weren't reading as much fiction for a few years as adults. And so we're playing catch up to books that they've been recommending to us for like eight years and Red Rising on that list. Um, Brandon Sanderson has been on that list. Like we're playing catch up to Mm -hmm. book recommendations that didn't come from book talk. Like we're coming from recommendations of our, our dad and our brothers. (laughs) Oh, that's cool though. I love that, that the whole family reads. That's nice. Oh yeah. Yeah. I do think that like the birthplace for both of us was being really young and like for like the best part of the day, which I always felt like is like after dinner, at the end of a day, your family comes together. Some families watch TV, some families play board games. We definitely did a fair amount of those things, but we had this unicorn father <laughs> who would sit down and would read like the Hobbit with many different voices. Like I remember him being different characters with like mm-hmm. a deep voice and we would like 
play with like dominoes on the ground or like it was our whole family would come together and we would be silent and listen to our dad. And we developed a strong desire for stories and like using our imaginations. And we were not allowed to watch movies that were originally books until the book was read. Really? Yeah. Like it's, it's like a religion in our family. And I may be also carrying on these traditions in my family because I feel like, I don't know. I like to say it's our sickest flex. It's the thing that I love most about our family is that we have this kooky, weird obsession with the imagination and stories. And we take from them, like they're a religious text, what we need for our lives always. Yeah. It's like our how to live manual is fiction. (laughs) I yep. love that because I feel like I grew up and not everybody I knew was reading as much as I was. And so it wasn't until you find a community like book TikTok that you're just like, wow, this exists. People do this because I think and and book. The other thing is like book clubs growing up. The idea of it was like one book a month. And I was like, I mean, I could get through a book in like a couple days. Like right. I. <laughs> And so to have like everybody reading so much is really great. And so you both have a book, like a book club on the Fable app, The Sisterhood. Did you start that at the same time as your book talk account or were those two separate? And how did that come about? We started the book club just because one of our followers asked us if we had a Fable book club. And I responded like, what is that? And she was (laughs) like, well, we want to read with you. And I was like, okay so we just made one and then um our friend our now friend Desiree like a week later emailed us and was like hey I work with Fable we'd love to work with you so now we 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 partner with Fable to some extent in that we're pretty committed to helping them promote their platform we think it's an incredible platform and so we want to see more people using it not just people being in our book club I think it's a really, really cool concept. And it's a developing platform that gets more and more exciting all the time. And so it was like a perfect partnership, but no, it was just inspired by someone's comment. People just asked like, can we do this? And it's a free app. So we were like, sure. Yeah, (laughs) sure. We can do that. You, your book club is the reason that I even started one for this podcast. And I was just like, this is great. This is some, someone else is picking what I'm going to read. Like that's Mm -hmm. really nice. And I think, especially when like, We've said before, I don't read a lot of fantasy, but because of a lot of your suggestions I have, and now I'm going to read The Cruel Prince with you guys, which is really exciting because it's your current, we're in, we're in November right now while we're doing this recording, this come out in January, but so I'll read that alongside you, which is exciting. Now for both of you, how often are you reading other than in the book club, reading the same book, or are you guys always reading different books? And how do you then create content around what you're reading? Like, how does that happen? I mean, I think we're just winging it every month. Like we are mood readers. Mm. So Maddie gets really excited about a handful of books and she decides what she's going to read based off of what she's the most excited about. And I am the exact same way. However, my sister reads so much 
at least double what I read in a month. And she's so fast that sometimes when she's talking to the book club and I'm like recording her talking about our TikTok or whatever, and she's, she's talking about a book, she'll get me so excited. I'm like, all right, I guess I'm reading that next month. (laughs) I feel like most of the time I'm probably piggybacking off of Maddie's reads. Mm -hmm. Uh, But like last month when we read Manacled together, we did, we were kind of like, aha, that actually was super enjoyable because we were like I was sending her video clips of me, my reactions, like late at night in bed. I was like, oh my gosh. And Maddie is texting me and she's like, just wait. And I do think that like, even though reading is like an individual thing, we enjoy it more together. So even though we're mood readers, I would say we're probably going to do more buddy reading because of how much fun last month was, especially. Yeah. My TBR is hugely influenced by the fact that I am really trying to read a large variety within a few genres. And I am really investigating several authors who have piqued my interest. And so, I mean, some of my reading is very research-based in the sense that I'm just really trying to absorb like a sponge as much as I can in this sphere. And so not all of my reading is what I would consider mood reading, but there definitely are things that are mood moody about it but I love reading with Kristen I do want to do more buddy reads and I would say right now it's probably about three books a month that are the same but we also think that one of the things that could potentially be a benefit of watching our TikTok is that you're getting two people's tastes and I know there are followers who identify more with Kristen than they do with me and vice versa and so sometimes I think it's fun that there will be things on our TikTok that if it was just Kristen's account, you would never see, you know, mm-hmm. and vice versa. if it was just my account, you'd never see, cause we're gonna, there are going to be those w- things that we pick that the other person wouldn't. I'm trying to think of an example, but like Kristen's probably not going to read the Stormlight Archive. Probably for sure. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> and I probably wouldn't have read that cupidity series that you love by, by Raven Kennedy. That was like so much fun for you. Yeah. And so I think that it's cool that we can provide a bigger variety of recommendations that way um, because we read different things. I think that's probably really smart on your end too. Cause I'm thinking about it now and I'm like, I can't, I mean, I can't distinguish which book I've read because of one of you or the other, but I can see that where I'm like, oh, maybe I identify more with this style of reading. Or if you really like this book, I'll like it. I think it's great that you get to read together. That's like my dream is to have a friend who reads as much as me that like I can, or read with me. I got to read one book with a friend of mine who is only now getting into reading and we read it over a month. It was so nice to like sit there with somebody and comment and like, bond over those moments or film your reaction or we just did like voice note after voice note of what we were thinking and how we were predicting what was going to happen and I I love that yeah now do you feel overwhelmed with the amount of books that you could should read because you're making content alongside it and you're so successful at that content like do you feel like you have just an immense amount of books and you have to keep up with whatever number in your head or the popular books that are out there. I mean, at what, or is it still a hobby and you don't feel overwhelmed by that? I think we should both op- answer this separately. Cause I don't think we have the same answer. I agree. So go ahead. 
I do not feel overwhelmed. And I think it's because I think it's how people say how excitement and anxiety are such similar feelings. I think inspiration and overwhelm are similar feelings. And I think when you feel weighted down with inspiration and let's say, let's use the metaphor of like being pregnant with inspiration. Like, yes, that can, that can be a heavy feeling and it can be its own burden, but you're so enamored with the idea of what you're growing towards and what you're building that you couldn't slow down the momentum if you tried. That is how I feel about it. So is my TBR always growing at a rate that I probably can't ever keep up with? Yes. And I am thrilled with the pace I do keep up with it because it's, I never have that thought of, gosh, I wish I could just be done reading. Like I'm Mm -hmm. always in the middle of one book trying to remind myself to stay present in that book because I am so thrilled with the idea of the next book. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't feel overwhelmed. I don't feel FOMO or behind either. Mm -hmm. I feel, I always feel like I, I am in charge of what I read next and I can always read the book I'm most excited to read next. And I don't care whether it's new or old or whether it just got released or whether people are waiting on a review for me or that I don't create deadlines like that for myself. It's always like I'm reading exactly what I am most excited to read in that moment. And that will always be the case. Now, do I sometimes wish I could absorb like four books simultaneously? (laughs) Yes. But so far that just hasn't been a problem for me. Yeah. I think like when I simplify it, which is always what I do, because if I ever get overwhelmed because I'm overthinking. So if I simplify things, I just absolutely love this hobby that we have reading and TikTok, both of those being hobbies. Um, my, the whole reason why I enjoy reading is because like the feeling you get when a story is so good that you're like speaking out loud to no one. And you're just like, (laughs) it's so good. Like, you're just like, Oh yeah. Like, that feeling is so delicious to me that I feel like I'm just chasing that feeling. And if a book's really good and I read it fast and get the feeling great. But if I'm reading Mm -hmm. that book and I'm eating it like a slow 10 course meal and it is delicious, I just tell myself like, that's the point Mm -hmm. for, I know not everybody feels that way about reading, but like, I just love that feeling. And so the only time I hate reading and it does happen is when I get into a book and I had high hopes And it's just Mm. not slapping like they said it was going (laughs) to slap. And I have a hard time being like, just let it go, Kristen. Pick up the book you want to read. Like I I have a hard time. I can do it, but I have a hard time setting it down. And that's the only time that I'm like, oh, can it just be over? Because I want to read something else. Mm. Uh, Yeah. But that's just me learning how to DNF better. (laughs) I don't feel overwhelmed by our TikTok at all because from the very beginning, we've always said the books come first. And so Mm -hmm. if we are ever making content when we would rather be reading, we just won't make content. Mm -hmm. And it's really worked out because for the most part, we just don't make anything, edit anything or post anything like Friday through Sunday. Mm. So we just both get to like read all weekend long and we're not even like thinking about content. And then we just usually like one day a week right now, that's what works out for us. We just get together and we spend the whole day together or like a good chunk of hours. And we'll just both be like brimming with ideas of like four or five videos we want to make. We'll make them that day. And then 
we'll split up the editing, you know, as we have time and we'll post when we feel inspired to post that, you know? So it's, it feels very much like we're the boss and it's when we want to do it. There's like, there's no boss, there's no deadline. There's no like obligation. It's just like, we do it because we want to when it, when we want to, and it's not when we would be reading anyway. Hmm, that's good to hear. I, I like that, that you get, give yourselves the weekend to kind of enjoy what you're reading or what you're doing, uh, you know, and that's really nice. Yeah. yeah. And we very rarely do those reaction videos because those are an interruption to the reading. Like you mm. stop to pull out your phone, even if it's just for a minute to like get your reaction in the moment, it, it can be fun, but we, I would hate to do that with every book. Just like, I don't like to annotate every book. Like I, I, sometimes I just want to be fully immersed in it and I don't want to stop for anything. Yep. I agree. So I want to jump into my first topic at hand, which is happiness. Can you each give me your definition of happiness? Mm, such <laughs> you're going, question. You're going first. I'm going, okay, Maddie wrote notes. I was just going to go with my soul. Um, <laughs> the difference in our personalities. My definition of happiness. Don't read mine. I'm not. I'm just staring off into the ether. Um, happiness for me is a feeling. Um, it doesn't matter who or what is going on around me. Um, there's a feeling that I chase that I often have. And it is usually, well, it's not usually, it's always in different places. I think for me, happiness is a state of mind. It's something deep within me and there's no one or nothing that creates that for me. It is just, mm -hmm. I can get my mind in some pretty yummy places. And my goal is just to be in that place more often than not, mm. but it's only I can control it and get myself there. And yeah, my most blissed state is when time does not exist. Losing time is my bliss state. So I have found lots of paths to that. I sometimes feel that when I'm painting, I feel that sometimes in nature, I've definitely feel that a lot in reading. And I just love the, the most ultimate manifestation of happiness to me is total freedom. And I feel the most free and the least inhibited when there's no time. And so what are some things that make you happy? Um, I like to journal. Mm -hmm. I love walking my dog. I have the most beautiful neighborhood on the planet. Um, so just walking my dog. I usually have an audiobook in one AirPod. I really like to meditate. Um, and honestly, I think romance is one of the, this is so crazy, but it is like the um, epitome of happiness state for me. It can be thinking of romance. It can be the beauty of um, what it is to have connection with another person. I mean, like literally even with my sister, just the love I have for her. I think love is just, it brings the best out of me and makes me go into that bliss state you're talking mm -hmm, about. Mm -hmm. So anytime I'm with someone I love or doing something that I love, I kind of feel like that's peak, peak living for me. Mm. All the love. Yeah, it's similar to me. I would say getting lost again, because happiness to me is where, where the place where there is no time. I, some, I totally get into that place with Kristen where there's like, 
no inner monologue about like, what does this person think of me? What does this person want to do? What is this person's expectations? What, what am I doing here? Is this a waste of time, 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 time? I like with Kristen, it's just like, there is no time. We don't know what time it is. We don't know how long we've been together. We don't like it's, there's just no thinking it. You're just like out of your head and you're totally free. And mostly we're laughing, but sometimes like, you know, what's really interesting though, Hmm. is about the time things. I'll always tell people like, Hey, I'm going to spend time with Maddie. We'll be done at this time. They all like anybody who knows me at all starts rolling their eyes and they're like, well, I'll see <laughs> when I see you. Yeah. We lose track of time. Yeah. That's the, well, that's and it's so embarrassing. Is. Cause I'm like, they win again. Like they were right because I lost track of time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How lucky you are to live near one another too. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. really nice. Yeah. Honestly, what? we're so similar. I'm just like, yeah, Maddie, your answer is so good. I love being lost in time. That's what it is. <laughs> and has your, has that changed over time or have the things that make you happy always been the things that make you happy? Oh no, not the same. Mm-hmm. I, when I was younger, events made me happy. Having somewhere to be, something to do, novelty made me happy. Something that broke up the routine, and that was often a social activity. And I'd say probably from the time I was 15 to 25, that was when I all of my happiest memories and the things I looked forward to the most and the things I orchestrated my life around making happen were events, breaks in the routine. And now... no, you say <laughs> no breaks. <laughs> I, I like my routine. I'm like, I don't want any interruptions and I don't want any social obligation whatsoever. Ew. You've become like <laughs> the hermit of all hermits, but like the coolest. Yeah. I really, I love hobbies and me and Maddie can get really obsessive about hobbies for mm-hmm. sure. Like I had this, I feel like it's like an alter ego of mine that like I had this eight year career where I was like super crazy ambitious and I was like obsessed with money. And I was like, I am so successful. Like just really like, I don't know. Like it was my identity. And I look back now and I'm like, who was she? Because now my career or the thing that flows income to me, even though I have multiple flows of income, I just like, they're like, Meh. what's really important to me more is like, now like, I dance. I love taking heels classes. And when I'm just feeling sexy, it's probably back to the romance thing. If I feel sexy doing something, I could be on a spin bike in a spin class, but I just feel hot flipping my hair around. <laughs> I am peak living man. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, I'll always be changing my hobbies, but it's those feelings that like, Oh, I just like to get those feelings from all different things. I think. You definitely have a more embodied happiness than I do. Kristen is very happy in her, like when she feels like she's in her body and her soul and her body are like in alignment. I think that's why she loves to dance. I think that's weightlifting, weightlifting, fashion. Like you're very embodied. It's like, let's do a dance video on our TikTok. And it's like, (laughs) what? And I'm like, we could put books on the screen. And I love it. I love that she pulls that out of me. But like my visit, the physical world is... (laughs) It's just secondary to me. I just, <laughs> I very much like live in my head and in my soul and like in a in a. Wait, are you an air sign though? No, I'm a water sign. You're a water sign, so very emotional. But I'm an earth sign. I am like for sure earth. Is it cool? And my rising is an air sign. Yeah, it's a Libra. Anyways, astrology. <laughs> We're also like we dabble. <laughs> we dabble. No, I I feel like I very much identify with both sides of that. Like I think with you, Maddie, I definitely feel like my 
like I live in a fantasy world and being, and I think growing up, I assumed I had to go to an event do something social or be a part of the world for me to be happy or find happiness. Like I I've said before that I used to think happiness was this achievable thing I had to get to. And then with what you said, Kristen, I thought it had to be like my career. Cause I think that that's like, that's what I was going to be doing for eight hours of my day. So it had to be the thing that made me happy and you had to find your passion and not everybody is lucky enough to get money and make the money that they live their life with through the job that they have. I'm not one of those people. And so you find it in other areas. And so I, I agree. I, I see the beauty in both of those things. And I, I love those answers. I also like that you both finish each other's sentences or like go back and forth. It's like a ping pong. It's very, it's very cool. <laughs> very in sync. <laughs> Unless you're like the third wheel and people are like, I cannot hang. Like people get, I think people get annoyed of us when, especially when we start talking about like books and people are like, oh my God. And Tune they just walk away. <laughs> we don't care. Has there ever been a moment in your life that changed the trajectory of something in your life? Oh yeah. Like a plethora. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Yeah, I was trying to, I had a very eloquent answer to this, but I'll just go off the cuff. What? (laughs) When I was was 24, I made a pretty big decision, a pretty life-altering decision. When I was 24, I got divorced. Slay! (laughs) I I was the first person in our family for probably four generations. Double slay! To get divorced. So it was, no one saw it coming and I I had, I was only 24, but I'd been married for five years and, but I, it doesn't, the divorce isn't what, what it was. And the decision I made that changed the trajectory of my life was that I decided I would rather fail at a life that I was in love with and that I truly craved and truly wanted than be successful in a life that was killing me. Mm, that's so I had, I had a very successful life like on the outside there was nothing happened there was no infidelity there was no alcohol there was no abuse we had money and we had a house and we had a dog and we there was nothing wrong there was nothing wrong at all I, I had a great job I had graduated from college I just I t- from the outside I was not a problem child no one was concerned but on the inside I was completely dead I I felt like I had done everything I was supposed to do. Everything's lined up for you to do to like make it to adulthood unscathed. And I was bored out of my mind. I hated everything about my life. I felt dead in all of my relationships. I didn't feel known. I felt scared of even really asking myself questions to know myself better because I was worried that the answers were going to lead me down this road that would make me hate my life. And I I thought, you know, I, I should love my life. I should be grateful. I have everything. Like, I don't, what will happen if I admit that I'm unhappy? And then I just did admit that I was unhappy. And then I did, I quit my job. I got divorced. I moved. I left the dog. I, I, I completely reframed my entire life at a, in a quarter life crisis type of move. And I was very, I'm sure from the outside, people were just like, this is like a Britney Spears shaved her head moment. <laughs> like what the fuck just happened to her? What is like, it made no sense from the outside. And I just realized in that moment too, I was very good at pretending. I was very good at showing people exactly what they expected to see. And so of course they thought 
of course it was shocking and, and weird and and nobody understood it and and so they had to fill in the blanks and make up all these weird stories about it and it was really just as simple as like it's not good enough for me to be really really successful at a life that's not for me that was just scripted out uh, you know like a coloring book i i would rather have a i'd really rather make a total mess at something that just lights me on fire so I did. I think that's incredibly brave. I think that's like, I in think that's beautiful. It probably sounds brave. In retrospect, it probably sounds that yeah. way. In the moment. I don't even know what Kristen thought in the moment. I'm sure she was just like, what are you doing? I said, uh, finally. What <laughs> he was um, not a loser. <laughs> well, to be honest, though, I think like hearing Matt even say that, she's like, I bet people thought, and I bet like really no- nobody's ever thinking about you. Like, this mm. is what I have learned is like, literally nobody is thinking about you. Mm-hmm. So like the things that Maddie did that were so hard and she was so, we get so concerned about what people are going to think and what our life's going to look like. And you know, it's falling apart, whatever. Um, like nobody thought like, if anything, I think a lot of people in Maddie's life, especially me, most important, um, <laughs> was like, right on. Like, yeah. I'm about this. I'm about the authenticity. I'm about the, like trimming the fat from our life, no matter what it is. Like, yeah. What a say. Like she got a divorce and it's so funny. People come up to me all the time and they'll be like, yeah, I had a divorce. I'm getting a divorce. And every time I cannot help myself, I interrupt them. And I'm like, congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. I see way more good divorces than bad. Yeah. I I think it's good more times than it's bad. And I think we need to normalize when things are not serving us that we let them go. Yeah. That is actually a way more popular opinion now than I think it was 10 years. It's getting better. And the society that we were, well, the community that we were raised in, it was heavier than it is in most places. Like the thought of a divorce was very heavy in the circles we were in. But I did not want to make it about divorce was the best decision I ever made. It's not about the divorce. That's (laughs) why I was going to be very vague and just say, the decision that changed the trajectory of my life was deciding I'd rather be a failure than a success if I was failing at something I was happy about instead mm-hmm. of being successful at something that made me feel dead. Yeah. No. Yeah. I I think that's I think that's really courageous. I think it's something if even I agree with you both about the idea of divorce. I think that like nine times out of ten, it's the best choice for somebody, or it ultimately gives them the best outcome or something, you know, I'd like to think. And I think that it's very taboo and nowadays not so much, but I think also it's brave and it's really courageous to like make that decision for yourself, follow through with it. And not a lot of people can do that, or they sit in the thing that makes them unhappy for so long. And so congratulations. Good for you. Thank you. More power to you. Kristen, do you have an answer? Yes. It's not very long. It's like super basic. But (laughs) when I started that career that I ultimately ended up quitting, I started it with, let me see. I had a two-year-old and a three-week-old baby. And with this career, I like earned a car in two months of starting it. And I like, it was an entrepreneurial business. And um, I remember all of a sudden... I found these CDs that my mom had on like the law of attraction, which I know is really hippie now, but like at the time, like nobody I knew was talking about this. And my mom was like embarrassed to talk to me about it, but she was like, I don't know. I just feel like you're an entrepreneur. You should like listen to these. 
it changed my life to learn about um, just like setting intentions for your life and focusing on what you want and not on what you don't want. Um, Not that we avoid things that we don't want. It's good to look at contrast, but I look now at like what has happened in my life. And even with our TikTok, even with leaving my career, I can look at my life and the things that I really like. I'm like, I did that with the power of my intention and I'm way happier living this life, knowing that I have a little bit of control. Mm -hmm. I think I used to feel growing up that I was like, you just take what you can get. And like, some people are lucky and some aren't. And now I'm like, well, I can pretty much have do and be anything that I want, but I don't want everything. So I'm just going to get really clear on what I want. And is that a ton of money in a successful career? Is it having a lot of time? Is it having hobbies with my best friends that also make us money? And we're like, why are we getting paid again? Like just deciding. And so I'm really glad that my mom showed me this like tape (laughs) and I'm really glad I started a career from nothing just to be like, shoot, if I can be successful on that, I could do anything. Yeah. Um, that was a great learning lesson for me. Just like what kind of like this TikTok thing, just like, wait, what? That's hilarious. Things can work out for anybody Mm -hmm. if you just have the right mindset. Mm. I wish I had that mindset. I think I still am afraid to say the things I want out loud. Cause like, what if I don't get them? Or what if I can't? Cause if you say it out loud and like, it doesn't happen, what does that mean? I don't know. That means that you like (laughs) word vomited and you wanted at that time. Mm -hmm. No harm, no foul. I think Mm -hmm. that part of being really clear about what you want is not only being specific about the outcome that you want, which is to be a published author. I think it's being really clear about where that desire comes from and what you think is going to be fulfilled Mm. in you by becoming a published author. Because if you can get really, really clear about what it is you're manifesting, for example, I think I shared a little bit that we'll use our TikTok as an example, that what I'm trying to manifest is the influence to make sure that the stories I truly feel are the best for the most people are the ones that pe- that get read. Mm-hmm. Okay, if that's important to me, TikTok is one avenue to get there and a following is one a- avenue to get there. But you could do that with a podcast. You could do that with YouTube. You could mm-hmm. do that as an editorial columnist. You could do that on Goodreads. Yeah. And there are so many avenues to do the thing that you want to do. So what the kernel of that desire really is. Mm -hmm. And then your mind opens to all of the possibilities and all the ways that that can actually flow to you. Mm -hmm. Cause there might be a million ways for you to get what it is that you want. And I think that is often the truth is there are so many ways to get what you want. And you, isn't it delicious? The mystery that you don't even know how you're going to get it. Yep. I guess it's going to come to you, but if you're confident that you're going to get it, then you're just looking for all the ways it's coming to you all the time. Yeah. It sounds like I need to do some journaling, which I have and I should. So then what are some of the most important lessons that you both have learned or are, are learning now? Hmm. Uh, I am currently learning how to let go and let in. Mm. I think a lot of people think when they let go of control that everything's going to fall to shit, but what I am learning is when I'm trying to control and hold on to things, it creates resistance in my life. But when I let go, it allows um, the path of least resistance to flow to me. I'm trying to be a little bit more easeful and not be so regimented in 
everything. Our society loves regimens and like Mm -hmm. sticking to things. And I'm like, how can I be a professional quitter? Like, how can I literally say no more than I say yes? Because my Mm. yeses are just fuck yeses. I'm really, really trying to practice that. Mm. I like that a lot. I would piggyback off of that, that I feel like the most powerful lesson I've ever learned and I continue to remind myself of it constantly is that no is a complete sentence. Time is my most valuable resource. So I don't ever want to say yes to something that involves my time that I'm going to be resentful of later. And integrity is a huge part of that. I mean, you have to be able to say what it's really in your heart. So There are times when we have to turn people down or say no to things that are really worthwhile just because we have to leave time and room, say yes to most to other important things. And to me, having. I have to have uncommitted time in my life. Mm. I have to leave lots of margin in time. And so um, I think for me, it's just I have to say no more than I say yes. And I have to make saying no my superpower. And mm-hmm. I think that I do. And I, I also think practice is a superpower we underestimate. I think the more often you do something, the easier it is to do it. And so if it's important to write, then write a lot. If it's important to say no, then say no a lot. If it's important to you to read, read more. Like practice is a really, really, really powerful thing that we all have at our disposal. You, It's just repetition. You just have to decide to do it. Yeah. No, that's a good one. That's good. And so what would you tell your younger self? This is so not deep. This is not deep, but I wrote down some things, okay? I would tell my younger self to save your bookbinding notes because there are things I want to <laughs> oh buy. My God. And I learned how to bookbind in college. I was really good at it. I made some really beautiful journals. I learned all the stitching. I learned how to make beautiful cases. I have beautiful craftsmanship and it is all gone from my brain. So I would tell myself, keep better notes. <laughs> um, but some of the deeper stuff, it, I would say is that uh, you can't get anywhere faster. So stop Mm. rushing. Um, Life isn't a vending machine. So stop treating everything and everyone like a transaction. Mm. Um, I would tell myself to adjust my expectations because we view everything through a lens and the lens is powerful. So we choose, we choose the lens and we choose our expectations. And that helps us to um, just not be met with disappointment, you know? Mm. And then one thing Kristen always tells me that, we tell each other this now, but I think we could have told our younger selves this all the time is when something happens and you're really tempted to label it as good or bad and to react accordingly, Kristen loves to say, good, bad, who knows? It's I from a love that. Yes. It's from she a parable. Loves- I'm not the originator of that. <laughs> but she does tell me that all the time. Yeah, and I'm bad. Who knows? Yeah. I'll be like, um, I don't know, uh, someone's sick, you know, her, her son's sick today. And I could be like, oh shit, I'm so sorry. But I've just learned not to even respond like that with Kristen. Instead, usually I'll be like, oh, really? Question mark. So that I can invite her to have a feeling about it. And oftentimes she, she's not very reactive about it. She'll be like, yeah, good, bad. Also, I'm normally like 90% of the time I see the upside of everything. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll make any bad situation better easy. Yeah. Kristen's an eternal optimist. I am the most annoying, positive person ever. Good for you. (laughs) And you know what? It's crazy to me that I've actually learned that people are disgusted by positivity and, but yet they're disgusted by it, but they're fascinated by it. So there's a lot of people who like say things to me that I'm like, I don't know if that's a compliment or if you're actually just like talking shit to my face, (laughs) they'll say stuff like, 
you just always see the best side in everything or like, mm -hmm. I just like being around you because I need a little dose of positivity in my yeah. life. Like I'm just this like overflowing. I'm like, actually people like Maddie who know me know that I'm not like that all the time. But um, yeah, I just, I feel like when I see things, my superpower is most of the time, not all the time. I'm just like, how could this actually, how could I spin this in my brain? So this is actually the best case scenario. Like even if something really bad happened, I'm like, but maybe it's actually the best thing that could have happened. No, I think that's good. I think that's a great, I go from zero to a hundred with my emotions and I get really like overwhelmed and usually find the negative. And so it, I, I, I try to find the positive more so now or going to everything with just like, it is what it is. You know, I can't control whether the outcome is going to be good or bad. So totally, totally. Yeah. That stoicism is a superpower too. Mm -hmm. I think if I could say something to my younger self, um, I think it's something like I'm guessing I'll get over in my seventies. Like, I don't know when it's going to come, but I've always felt like I'm not very good at anything. So when a, an opportunity comes, I immediately want to say yes, because I see it as an opportunity and I can see the best side of it. Oh, maybe this is the best case scenario, but I'm not very patient to see. Actually, that's not exactly what I wanted. So maybe mm -hmm. I'm going to set this down and I'm not going to have a lack mentality. And I'm just going to believe that there's actually something better coming. Um, I, I wish I could go back. There's some decisions I've made in my life that I'm like, maybe we should have tabled that for a little while because I'm very impulsive and I get very excited and it is a beautiful thing about myself, but there are a couple of times I'm like, maybe we should have pumped the brakes because like you said, yes to a Subaru, but there was a Ferrari <laughs> that's come down the street and you could have picked whatever car you wanted, but I was like, oh, a car. And I just was yeah. like, <laughs> instead of being like, but maybe there's actually a better car. And so I have to tell myself, I will make anything work. But even now I tell myself this a lot. I have to keep reminding myself. It's like, you are worthy of the best of the best. Mm. And it's not because you work hard and it's not because you're pretty. And it's not because you're a female. It's like, just, you're like a human and you deserve great fucking things. Mm. So wait for the thing that you actually want. Yeah. I like that. I like those answers a lot. These it's, are good questions. These are incredible questions. <sighs> I love asking these questions. Like, I just think it gives me such uh, insight into different people and I just absorb it. Like, I love it. I, I, we kind of talked about at the beginning, I don't love like cocktail conversation and I have yet to walk into a room. Well, I don't go to many social gatherings, but I've yet to go to one where I like ask a stranger these questions. And I always wonder if I started out this way, like how it would go, you know? And I just feel like it don't, I don't know. I tried at, at like a friend's birthday party once and people really enjoyed, I think, one of the questions, which is my favorite question to ask. It'll be the last one I ask you both. Um, and I enjoyed it. And I think I should do that more often is just ask these deep questions to people and have them think a little bit, but. Mm. I love it. I think it's unnerving, but in the best way. Mm. I'm glad. And so what are you both pursuing in this chapter of your life? Did I write something? Did you write notes on that? <laughs> I that at this point in my life. Um, in this chapter. Oh, go. Um, 
I want to rage against, I, and I don't normally like to push against things, but I feel like I need to get a little bit more angry when I am settling, which goes back to what I said. Mm. I really just, I want to look at myself in the face and be like, you know, you're fucking better than that, Kristen. Mm. Um, whether I'm talking shit to, about myself and my brain, whether mm. I am hanging out with like a low vibe relationship and I'm just like, well, this is just, no, Kristen, <laughs> you are one of a quadrillion people on this planet that is so special. Like you better sparkle girl. Like every day, mm-hmm. I think I hate how mundane life can be, but I think our society's like, be content. Mm. Find contentment. And I don't need to go make money, but I just want to live loud and I need to let myself rage when I Mm. get into like complacency. Mm. I think about that a lot with relationships and like friendships. Like I think as I've grown up, I've realized in my adulthood that quality over quantity. Yes. And then like you said, if this is not working, like I'm not going to waste my time. Like we date, like, why can't we date in friendships as well? Like where you're just like, this doesn't work out. Like, I, thank you. It's not, it's not you. It's me. Like, this is not, I'll see you at parties and it'll be a good time. But like, I don't need to, we don't need to hang out. Say it louder for the people mm-hmm. in the back. And mm-hmm. I feel like people's feelings could get hurt or they could be like, man, am I actually fun to be around? Maybe I should <laughs> work on some shit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think mine's pretty quick. I think what I'm working towards in my life right now is to regain some of the innocence and optimism and naivety that I had as a younger person. Mm. And, but with the balance of my experience now and the way I see reality now, but I think it's really easy to get jaded as we get older and to get really set in our ways and comfortable in our own way of thinking. I, I love that as I've aged, I've become more self-assured and more self-confident and I'm one person on a planet of billions. There's lots of perspective. There's lots of experience and there's lots of ways to be that are probably unsettling to me and uncomfortable to me and disturbing to me. And I think that's important. I think the young, when I was younger and less secure, I was so much more open uh, to all different things and just curious about all different ways people were living and experiencing things and thinking about things and you know, I had to shed some of that to grow up, but I think now I have the luxury of regaining that openness and not being, I don't have to be closed-minded to my way just because I feel secure in my way. Oh, I like that. As this, you know, as, as, especially in our political or our social climate, you know, there's, there's so much, um, there's such a temptation towards polarization and on, on issues that are very, much spectrum issues. Mm-hmm. And so I I would like to regain my curiosity about people. And I would like to be an 80 or 90 year old person who is comfortable in their skin and knows what they think, but also is completely unthreatened and curious about mm-hmm. everybody else too. I, re- I really don't want to be super set in my own way being the right way. Mm-hmm. We're almost at time, which is crazy to me, but my final and favorite question to ask everybody is what would you do if you knew you wouldn't fail? I literally feel like I can't answer this because this cannot be out on the internet. <laughs> you might have to edit it out. If I knew, I if like if I literally couldn't fail, 
I would do so many things. You should answer first. Okay. Taking me Here's the thing. Here's the thing about this question. Failure isn't what keeps me from trying. Mm. I, I really don't mind failure at all. And I feel like I try a lot of things that I fail at. Um, but I do look at opportunity cost. And this goes back to time, what we talked about at the beginning. And I, I am scared of losing time. I don't want to waste my time on something. So um, the things that I would love to try, even if they fail, are pretty time consuming. And that is what has stalled me from trying them. But so the big thing I want to do is start a business with Kristen, mm-hmm. like an a actual physical business, not just a, a virtual business, because I would love to have a place where we could host people and host conversations and also curate like goods that we believe in and that we that we could source ourselves and that would bring so much joy to people. Like I, I would just really like to curate collections of books and apparel and food and drink and that we like. And I would love to have a place that we could host creators, makers, builders, thinkers, writers who could just come and, and, and it would be a place that people could interact. So we've talked about, you know, like every girl's dream is to open the bar bookshop, but Mm -hmm. we might actually do it someday. I don't know. It's just one of those things. It's like, and it might fail. And I think we'd have a blast every single day of doing it, even if it failed. Right. But it's just, it's a big time. It's a big Mm -hmm. time commitment for both of us. And we have to both be willing to make that time. At the same time in our lives. I literally don't have an answer. Once you said that, I was like, we thought about that. I this is gonna sound bad, but I kind of just feel like fear doesn't hold me back from doing things. And I really like what I'm doing. I I really, really like my life right now. Hmm. So do I wish that I had a nanny that could poof appear so I could travel to Europe more often? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> That is like a huge thing for me. (laughs) Like I love to travel so much and I love to be around old things. And it like lights me up to create content in those spaces and to show people beautiful places Mm -hmm. um, and encourage people to visit places. And I wish like I had unlimited income to travel and that I could also have a poof fairy nanny to be with my kids so that I could do that. Truly Kristen and I would thrive on like a two month sabbatical with only each other yep. to Europe. So if we could make that happen without it being a huge cost to other people, like <laughs> our, our families, husbands, <laughs> children, that would be great, mm. but it will happen someday. And that's why, that's where we started. You know, we dream about these like writers retreats or these reading retreats mm-hmm. where we could do some traveling just together and it wouldn't be such a burden on other people in our lives. We have so many followers um, that are authors or mm-hmm. they're fellow TikTokers or they're even just OG followers that like have told us, come stay with us. Yes. We would love you to come stay with us. And we're like, do road we do trip. A, do we do a tour yeah. across the US? Just like yeah. people so we can talk about books and drink wine or drink tea and like see their favorite places, their favorite bookstores. And like, I just want to see people who like us have the same addiction. Yeah. And that's not a fear of failure. That That's going to be fucking awesome. You can't fail at that. That'll be fucking mm-hmm. awesome. We just have to find, like, we just have to be mastermind logistical people to make that happen. That's all. Yeah. And, we, and we can, we will. Yeah. Just yeah. have it yet. So same thing with people who want to write books. Yep. 
You just have to be strategic. Just logistics. Yep. You have the skills. You have Mm -hmm. all the creativity. Yep. And if you're ever in the DC area, I'll show you all of our bookshops and things. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. We're going to hold you to it. Actually, you should come to DC in August because they have the National Book Festival here every August and all of these panels happen. Books get signed and it's like my favorite thing of the summer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The last thing I'll say about this, because I know we're time conscious. The last thing I'll say about this is, are we though? (laughs) I feel like the more we all have the opportunity and freedom to be selective with the content we're consuming via our fellowship. So people who subscribe to your podcast, people who follow us on TikTok, the more we get to be selective with that, the more important it is that each of us who have those platforms are, are partnering and advertise if we want to and advertising with people who we, who we really fucking love, who we really fucking jazz with, because then people are more likely to be advertised things they actually want that they will actually buy and that they will actually be satisfied with. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want. Like those of us who are somewhat conscious about consumerism and really want, we want businesses to succeed because we want their products to end up in the right hands and not in landfills. And we want their advertising efforts to not be noise in the ether of our already loud world. We want their messages to like fall on the right ears who can then take action. So for me, I'm like, I would way rather advertisers really do their research and spend their money funding people like us who are going to tell them the truth and say, yes, we really do love your product. We really do think our followers will like your product. And they spend their money there. Then like on the radio or on television where they're just buckshot shooting it out into the wind and it's just Mm -hmm. noise for most of us. Like we don't care. We don't want to hear about that meditation. It doesn't apply to us. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I like, they'll be able to tell too. Like your yeah. followers will be able to tell what you're passionate about or what you really love. Like I always said, I would stop doing this if I got to a point where A, I ran out of guests or B, I didn't find it fun anymore. Totally. Desire can be even higher than making money. Making money is great, but the desire can be like, you can make it a really complex desire and be like, mm-hmm. not only do I want to make money, but I want to make money from people who are pushing products in an ethical way that my people want to buy. Mm-hmm. That's what I want mm-hmm. so that I can be the middleman. And not only do I get to make money, but this company succeeds. These people get what they want. Mm-hmm. Like everybody wins. Yep. And, and that's great for the economy. That's mm-hmm. great for people's satisfaction. That's great for the planet. That's great for the environment. That's great for a, a better healthier consumerism. It's just like everybody's winning. Every if That just is like a ripple effect of compound goodness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And selfishly, I get to talk to you guys or I get to talk to like an author or I get to talk to whatever and like have a good time and love yeah. every moment of it. So. Yeah. I know we're so cheesy, but I'm like, but happy. So <laughs> I love the positivity though. It, it's nice to have. Mm-hmm. Good. Why do we make it so sexy to be like depressed in this like <laughs> Seriously, we could, like, oh, I'm so moody. Uh, we I'm like, could not, that is wrong. We could not be sad girls on purpose if we tried. <laughs> you didn't have like, your emo face? No. There's a scone and tea and a book to fix that. Literally. <laughs> At all times. Literally, there are so many coping me- mechanisms in the world.
Kristen, Maddie, thank you so much for being here. I have to say, I'm so grateful for you both. I'm so grateful that you felt comfortable enough to share some of the things that you did with me and with the listeners and for your time. And I, I'm so excited. I'm so giddy. I'm so happy. Oh, same. Good. It was our pleasure. Thank you for having us. And everybody stay tuned because we'll be back with the book club episode where they will talk all things books. See that later on this week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to Unofficial Book Club, where life and stories meet. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts and follow me on Instagram at Unofficial Book Club Pod. Please don't forget to rate and share with all of your friends. Until next time.